Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Junta. And we're here with a special guest. If you read his Instagram bio, he's an orb thrower, a musician, a golfer, a home, a home brewer. And most importantly, he's a prospect for the Minnesota Twins. It is my pleasure to welcome Thomas Hackamer to the Officially Unofficial podcast. What's up, brother? Not much. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. How about that for an intro, by the way? Kind of electric. Yeah, I guess so. And I and I wanted a lot to of ask, information. And I wanted to ask you this because if you look at your Instagram, if you if you if you're a fan of Thomas over here, he throws a little bit from the side. You know, he'll go. He's a sidewinder guy. What do you like to be called? A sidewinder or a submarine pitcher? Which one's better for you? Uh, I would say I usually go with sidearm pitcher, but sidewinder is closer. Submarine is more like your uh, your Chad Bradford and Ben Rowans of the world. Uh, Adam Simber is a little more submarine for a more current example. Uh, like those are guys who are like uh, like knuckle scraping. Yeah, and when I think of like a sidewinder, I think of a guy by the name of Dennis Eckersley. Ever heard of him? Just an absolute oh, yeah. legend. Would you yeah, say Eckersley. that he? Would you say he's the goat of that? I I feel like Eckersley is a little higher arm slot. Yeah, but, he goes low uh, though. He, his arm goes yeah, low. He, he gets down pretty low. Uh, there's a video of him giving up that home run to um, Roberto Alomar, Toronto Blue Jays. No, no, the guy who couldn't run. Oh, Kirk he, Gibson. He, Kirk Gibson. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, for sure. I mean, when I think of, I mean, it's cool to be a side armor, but if you watch it, and this is the fascination that I have with those kind of guys, with guys like you, is is when they show the slow-mo video of you guys throwing, it just mind boggles me. Like, just seeing the the elbow, it's one of the coolest things ever. It's like, I always do this. It's like watching, like, a dolphin jump out of the water. It's just so beautifully, <laughs> it's so beautiful, like, the just the, the viewpoint of it. So talk about that, man. I mean, when did you kind of start throwing from the side? Like, were you a kid in middle school just absolutely buckling other kids because they had no idea how to hit a side sidewinder or side armor? No, I, uh, I didn't pitch until I was in college, uh, and up until, and by that I mean in high school, I threw 0.0 innings. Okay. Uh, I played only shortstop, uh, and my natural arm slot is pretty low, so that is really uh, where that was a pretty simple transition. Is you know, I pretty much threw from here, you know, this arm slot. Yeah. I couldn't really hit. Uh, but I had a good arm, and so one of my pretty much my only opportunity to play in college was going to St. John's, and uh, they laid out the options for me. It was basically like you could try out as an infielder, but you know you're gonna have to beat somebody out, and you know that somebody is Coach Blankmeyer's son, Ty. Okay. Uh, for a spot, so like you could also be a pitcher. I was like, oh, okay, so I should be a pitcher, I guess. That's um, a respect. That's a respectable move. And when you think about St. John's, I got to ask you about this. Is a friend of the show. I, one of my, I, see, one, the, I see the Amir Garrett jersey. Yeah, that's you. my boy. That's my guy, Amir Garrett. Ride or die, I'm a ride or die, Amir Garrett guy. Is he a legend in Saint at Saint John because he played baseball and basketball and was and and got paid a mill signing bonus and was playing basketball there, just living the dream? Well, so I mean, Amir didn't play baseball at Saint John. Well, I know he played basketball he was, he was there, a, but he was yeah. a professional already. Yeah, um, he actually, I believe it was my freshman year was the year that uh we overlapped there while amir was playing basketball uh there were some some guys on my team who were actually very he went out and did like a photo shoot on the baseball field with a baseball in one hand and a basketball in the other hell yes uh and i honestly i thought that was pretty cool 
but they were like pissed off for some reason. And I was like, I don't really like, yeah, I, I get it. But it's like, he can't play for us. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. I thought the coolest thing was at one point he was, uh, and I'm sure he still is now because he's been really good as a, out of the bullpen. Uh, he was averaging more strikeouts per nine in the major leagues than he did points per game at St. John's in basketball. That is electric. That is, that is a very cool thing to talk about because he was nasty at basketball and he posted that mixtape. Not really a mixtape, but he posted it on Instagram a couple of weeks yeah, ago. He's, he was good. He like, has some no bounce. Doubt about it. He has yeah. some bounce. Like, and, and to play basketball in at St. John's, which is a good basketball school. Oh, I believe yeah. they're four and one right now while we're recording this. You got to be a dog to go there, man. I mean, you can't yeah. you can't be a scrub to go to St. John's and play basketball. It's not like it's not one of those low major schools. Like it's a pretty mid major, high major basketball school. So he definitely yeah, we have a we definitely have a good uh, basketball reputation, or we did up until we we had ten years where we were like terrible. For sure, for sure. Just like every school. I mean, uh, it, it just when you think of St. John's, obviously think of basketball. But in the baseball aspect, I want to talk about this. One of your years for you. I believe you had an ERA of 1.9 there. I don't know if that was that your junior year. My junior year, I think I put up like a 191. So like well, let's go. Let's go into that because when you're putting up video game numbers like that, and you're just embarrassing hitters in the batter's box, 1.9 ERA. What was going right for you that you're like how how cocky were you? Was there a little bit of a chip on your shoulder like I'm a dog? I'm putting up a 1.9 ERA. Uh, not really. It was actually that year was. I was coming off of knee surgery. Uh, I had torn my ACL at the end of the previous summer and I was starting to throw a little bit harder. Uh, my sophomore year, I was probably throwing like 83 to 86. Uh, during the summer, I was starting to, to get a feel for it a little more and starting to uh, pump it up a little more. Uh, and then I got hurt and I had knee surgery. I was out for the whole fall um, rehabbing. And when I came back, I came out pretty much pumping like 88 to 90 most Damn. days I went out on the mound. And so, uh, but that year it was, so it sort of came out of nowhere that I was suddenly that much better. Um, but that year we had three guys coming out of the bullpen. It's myself, uh, Joe Kuja, who is now with the Texas Rangers and Matt Clancy, who uh, played for the Mariners for a little bit, uh, had some injury troubles and ended up retiring but those were our three guys out of the bullpen. We were good friends. And so we were constantly um, like just driving to do better than each other, basically. Uh, so it was that little like internal competition that I think helped drive that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, 1.9 ERA, that's just, that bullpen is just embarrassing hitters straight up. What was your guys record that year? Were you guys buzzing that year or was it a little bit of a struggle? We, of the year? I think that was, a, that was a 41 season for us. I think we were, we okay. got to a regional, a regional final game. Okay, so a, a mediocre year, we'll say. A mediocre year, but, I mean, and then you get drafted in the fourth round by the Minnesota Twins, humble brag, whatever little chunk of change in the bank account, congrats on that. So, did you know, like, what, going into that draft day, were you kind of expecting, like, man, I think I'm going to go top five rounds? Like, I have, I did I did pretty well last year. I'm, I'm, I had a, a year where I think I deserved to go top four rounds. So, were you kind of expecting going high in the draft going into that I believe it was 2016 draft. 16, yeah, that yeah. was after my senior year. Yeah, uh, I have a. I was pretty certain because I threw really well and I came back throwing uh, even a little bit harder than the year before. Um, I had a good feeling that, especially as a senior, like worst case, I was going to be, you know, a relatively high senior sign, uh, and maybe not get 
you know, a ton of money. Uh, but I didn't know, I wouldn't have said I would have been super confident if you asked me that I was going in the top five, top 10. Yes. But top five, I wasn't sure. Uh, but I was obviously really happy. Like it was, it was awesome, obviously. Yeah, And, and, <laughs> going, into really that, and going into that, you said you, you played as a senior. You went back for your senior year. You got drafted your junior year, right? I believe in the 15th yep. round, you get 15th drafted. 15th round of the Mets, yeah. yeah. You get drafted. To the Mets, you said? Yeah. Okay, so uh, you're a New York boy. My I mean, how hard, how hard was that, man, to kind of just pretty much say no to, like, playing in your hometown? I mean, that must have been tough. You, um, you would think it would be. It ended up being really a lot easier than you'd think. Uh, the people that I was dealing with were not pleasant and not uh, showing me the respect that I thought I deserved at that point. Okay, so so I guess with the with the signing bonus, they were kind of being a little bit like they were being um, they were trying to save their money. We'll say so they weren't yeah. off, they weren't offering you what you obviously deserved because, like I said, man, I mean a one point nine ERA at St. John's, you guys are playing pretty good schools. You're doing pretty well out of the bullpen, like you said. It's kind of disrespectful to not even offer you, let's just say, above slot value when you go 15th round, right? Yeah, it was just something where uh, I was disappointed with how it shook out, um, and I wasn't going to get like life-changing money, so I figured I was better off going back to school, and you know, how much less was I really going to get the next year? But I could get picked higher, and that could help me uh, in the eyes of some teams, I was sure. Yeah, no, it's just it, it, it's cool to see that because usually a lot of guys, it's definitely it's hard to pass on getting drafted because it's something you kind of dream about when you're a kid growing up. It's like I want to get drafted to the show, and especially a guy from you, like from New York, like it's you're getting drafted yeah. to the Mets where you're around your family. You get you could yeah. have the potential went to, to play. Went, went to high school and college in Queens. Yeah, so. exactly. You have, you have like the opportunity to kind of play in front of your family, and then next thing you know, it's like they're kind of disrespecting you, and then you're just like, no, I'm not. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna wait another year, and and it obviously paid off, man. So when you get drafted fourth round, I mean, talk about the kind of weight that it came off of your shoulders there from going 15th round the year before to kind of increase your draft stock to go fourth round of the Minnesota Twins. I mean, that's an insane difference in a year. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a big difference. Uh, I came back my senior year. I went and played in Cape Cod, which was really awesome, and I really wanted to do anyway. Um, and I pitched really well. I was the co-reliever of the year, so that helped a lot uh, throwing against those guys up there. Um, I came back the next year uh, and I was just like, I'd come out of nowhere because I was a sophomore throwing like 84. Uh, and then suddenly I was a junior throwing 90 sidearm. Uh, and there was just like no information on me. And scouts were kind of just like, what the, what happened? Where did this guy come from? Uh, so the following year was a lot easier uh, because there was a lot more information available basically uh, on me. And yeah, I no. came back throwing harder and a little bit more consistent and a little bit better off speed. Okay. Yeah, especially – and you kind of add your draft stock when you're throwing 90 from the side. Like, that's the most deceiving way to throw to a hitter, especially righties. I mean, if you're if I'm a righty thinking about this, having to face you, it's nightmare fuel. Like, facing the side armors that, or the, the submarine guys from the right side, when I'm in the right batter's box, it's scary hours. It's nightmare fuel. You hate to see it. <laughs> But I want to go into your first year of the minors, man. I mean, how much of a difference is that for you? Because being a guy from New York, you, you you went to a school close to your home, so you got to go home whenever you kind of wanted, right? 
So yeah. now you have to go. You 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 get st- you step foot in the minor leagues. You're not close to home anymore, man. I mean, you're in Florida, I believe, right? You're I was in, in I was in Cedar Rapids, oh, Cedar Iowa. Rapids, Cedar yeah. Rapids, Iowa. Very very weird part of the country, the Midwest. I went to school around there. So a lot how, of corn. How big of a culture shock was that for you, man? It was act- it was really fun. I got to um, so as I was going through the whole process of signing, I basically went step by step down in terms of uh, <laughs> how, uh, like the quality of what they call the city, I'll say. Yeah. So I'm from I'm from New York City, obviously, uh, the gold standard of cities, as far as I'm concerned. I flew to Minneapolis for my physical and to sign my contract. Uh, so still a pretty nice city. Uh, then I went down to Fort Myers for about a week, um, which is all right. You know, we're getting down to like, all right, this is, you know, I guess this is what qualifies as a city down here. And then I went to Cedar Rapids, which is like, okay, I, this is v- something that looks vaguely like a city surrounded by 40 miles of corn in every direction. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, the thing that's kind of crazy about the, we always talk about this, the minor leagues, you play in the weirdest town. Did you happen to play in a town that just taken, gotten bashed by this podcast, by guest Beloit, Wisconsin? You ever get to play there? I've, I've had the misfortune of playing in Beloit, Wisconsin. So let's talk yeah. about Beloit because Beloit <laughs> has been, you want to talk about just dragged through the mud on this podcast. Like every single guest, I'll or pretty much I'll say, what's the worst town you've played in? Or like, what's the town that you just can't believe you were at? when you're in your minor league career and it just Beloit, Wisconsin takes the cake every single time. So Beloit's talk about pretty Beloit. Tough one. Beloit and uh, Clinton, Iowa is yeah, another tough another one. Another one. They both yeah. like, both I honestly, I'm waiting for a cease and desist or to get sued by one of these towns or these teams because they get roasted on this podcast. So what, like, Give us a give us an example, man. Like what happened? Like what, what, it, what makes that stadium or those stadiums so bad there? Uh, Beloit's a weird one. Beloit's just, it's just over the border into Wisconsin. Uh, it's just like, there's not much around. The field is really not great. Like we're sitting on like, I think in the bullpen, we're just like, it feels like you're playing at a high school field, sort of. <laughs> uh, that's the best way to describe it. I heard the locker room's yeah. bad too, though. Like I heard the, the lock- locker room. Oh, the was locker like room's really school. bad. In both, in both of them, the locker room was really bad. But Beloit, the issue is to get from the locker room to the field you had to walk through the fans. Yeah, um, like you mean you have to walk through the stadium, like through the, the like the, the the seats? No, it's just sort of like through this like it's like over like basically a road that's like running by, uh, or like you know like a paved area where fans will be like mingling outside the field. And yes, yeah. we have to walk through that to go from our locker room to like the entrance to the field. It's just God, really man. it's a weird setup and it's not ideal. Uh. It's just, it's just weird. It's just, and I've heard like the locker room, like you said, like I heard it's, the locker room there is, is you can't walk there barefoot. It's just that's, disgusting. That's Clinton that I'm, that, Clinton, that as far okay. as I remember. Yeah, yeah. Clinton. Is it's that, like is this, that what it's like in Clinton? It's like, it's like, a, it's like, it like a dirt like, floor on this yeah. is what it felt like. Okay. So uh, I mean, it's and, and real, it, real if you, tough. If you want to think about like just flipping it on this, you could say they do that because they're making you want to be hungrier to move up levels. Can yeah, you say that, that is, is... <laughs> you could say that as an excuse, but then you're just like giving. If you're trying to like sell it to someone, yeah. If you're trying to make it seem like it's not that you know that no one gives a shit about Class A baseball, sure, yeah. 
It is. It's because like, that's the case. That's what's going on. That's it's, how it yeah, is. Yeah. It's and and you got to think right. Like you guys are classified as professionals, and you guys are playing. You sure don't feel like it. Sometimes. And you guys are and you guys are playing on fields like that. Let's just say like you could raise farm life on there. It's like not the greatest yeah. field ever. And like the, the locker room, you don't have any access to like a good training room in some of these stadiums. You have no like good weight room. I once I once had a trainer and this was in high A. Uh, we had like a, a training room that went it was locker room, then it went through the training room to get into the bathroom. Uh, and our trainer walked in and was just like, Oh, this is terrible and threw all his stuff down. I was like, oh, I can't I can't work in these conditions. There's no treatment today unless you're the starting pitcher and you just lay down on the table. <laughs> so that was, that was less the about trainer. the training room and more. That was less about the training room and more about the trainer. But yeah, no, you get and, the idea. And we're talking about the twins here, and I I, I want to do a little change of pace here. You, there's a guy in that system that I kind of grew up playing against because I obviously I'm from Canada. I'm from close to Toronto. Jordan Balazovic. I want Jordy. you to talk. I wanted you to talk about that guy because this guy. I always talk about pitchers that embarrass me on this podcast when I played him. This guy put me in his back pocket. This guy owned me. I oh. think I he's disgusting. Talk about as it, Jordan. Yeah, as it as it turns out, Jordy is like the best pitcher ever. Uh, <laughs> so don't feel too bad. What's he like? He, What's he like off the field? Is he a, is he nails? Like what is he like? Is he a beauty? He's a fucking goofball. <laughs> he is, eh? Yeah. We gotta get him on. I, I like gotta, I, gotta I like get him. him on. I played I played a lot of uh, I played a lot of golf with it. So this uh, this past year with COVID and everything, everything got shut down. I was living in an apartment down in Fort Myers because I'd been there since mid January. Yeah. Um. And I made the decision to just stay there instead of coming back to New York, where everything was going to be shut down, and I was never going to be able to stay in shape uh, nearly as well as if I just stayed in Florida. Uh, but so it was me the guy i was living with a few other people scattered around uh but one of them was jordan valazovic because he didn't want to go back to canada to the same you know the same situation yeah. uh so we ended up uh throwing a little bit together and playing a whole ton of golf together uh during that whole quarantine time spent a lot of time with jordy this past year we got to get him we on. Just, we were just down at Instructs together too. I got to get him on. I got to get him on. I, I got yeah, to figure out a way to get him on because he he's a funny dude, and um, he's one of those guys, man. I mean, he was, he was in the Futures game last year. All the like, if you talk to Twins fans, you mention this guy's name, they cream themselves. Like this guy. Oh yeah. This guy is like I and you guys played together, so I want you to talk about the kind of reaction you got. He, for instance, would get from like the the weird autograph seekers the foul ball guys like would they be storming this guy with like 50 cards asking him to sign i didn't play with jordy for all that long okay uh these pat uh i think he came up to pensacola for a little bit at the end of the year yeah and i don't know if i was oh i was there for his first start in fort myers um where he went like seven perfect innings or something stupid like that so he's a freak he's, he's a freak. Absurd, he's absurdly he's so good he is um I don't remember any of his reactions to it, anything like that. Uh, the year before, I was playing with uh, Royce Lewis and Alex Kirilov. They got called up oh my uh, God. around the same time. Yeah. And it was just like the people would be like like following us to our hotel, like following the team bus, like creep, like waiting outside the hotel for us, like creeping outside the stadium, just like waiting in these giant packs. It was, it's weird. It's weird. 
some what some people will do, and I'll say it here, fuck foul ball guy. I say this all the time. I hate that clown. Um, what people will do I, for on an, on another note, I've actually met Zach Campbell, and he is a really really nice human being. Okay, no, like, I, I'm sure he's a good dude. I'm sure from he's a, a great distance, dude. From a distance, I was just like, ah, I don't like this guy, and I met him. It's like, oh, he's just a guy. No, I'm That's, sure he's a great dude. I'm sure he's a great yeah. dude, but I just like. I'm a, it's just some of the tactics, man. It's like, I feel bad for some of the stuff that you guys have to deal with, like pregame. Like, cause for instance, I, obviously I was this, I was shit at baseball, 186 career Juco hitter, but I couldn't imagine like trying to prepare for a game and you have like a trillion guys screaming at you, like old men for foul balls. Like that just doesn't resonate. Like for Uh me, it's, it's, it's one of the weirdest things ever for like a baseball. My favorite, my favorite is, uh, when we're sitting down in the bullpen, someone will come over. It's like, oh, can I have a foul ball? It's for my grandkid. It's for my daughter. It's for my niece. It's like, well, where are they? <laughs> have them come over and ask us. I'm not giving you a ball. Yeah. Fuck off. Like, no, no, dude. It, 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 it makes sense. Like, it makes sense if it's like for a little kid because that means the world, obviously, to them. But then you have guys like Zach Hample who, like, will take pictures and be like, I got, like, 40 balls this game and BP and shit. Like, dude, give it up, bro. Like. I, I think under- he does. He he does end up giving a lot of them away, but like he also does have a fuck ton of baseballs. Yeah, it's like, dude, what are you <laughs> doing? Like, I it just that, that that's the thing. And obviously, obviously, I'll catch heat for it later. Well, I'll, I'll, people will pull up the receipts. Say John Junta hates Zach Campbell. I do. I, I, I come on the podcast, Zach Campbell. We'll, we'll we'll rekindle this. But no, that that that's uh that's just one thing I've stuck with. I just every time I saw him, I saw him at the Rogers Center once, I believe, and this guy was just running like a, a the Tour de France on feet around the, like the, the outfield. Like it was insane what this guy was doing for a foul ball. But I, I also wanted to go into your last year because this is another stat that I want to pull up from you, which is just like bananas to me in Fort Myers. Hi, you had a 0.59 ERA. Like what? How, how was, what was going on there? You, Cause that's just like, that's at the point where you're just embarrassing hitters. How was- nasty. I was like 24 playing against an average age of like 20 year olds. It oh, was just come like, on. I, I mean, I'd been in the, I'd been in the league for two years already. The previous year I was hurt and just trying to throw through it like an idiot. Um, and I threw like garbage. So uh, I had shoulder surgery and I had to go back to just like check in and be like, okay, yeah, he's fine. Um, so what I would say is that I had already proven that I could pitch in that league and that my, Overall, my stuff was just all. I so did, not, did you unpack not to your be... bags when you when you arrived there? Did you unpack your bags? Because obviously you're good. Yeah, I, I was mean... there. I was there for like a month. Okay, okay, because I, like a point five nine. It's at one point you're just like, or right, I'm gonna get called up now. Like it's it, point five. And then I believe you went on to Pensacola. The little three two seven three two seven ERA. I'll take that. I'll take that for sure. So you're in double A, right? I mean, double A, everyone says, like, this is one of the hardest leagues to get out of. It's just full of dogs. Like you said, Royce Lewis is there. You have freaks there in double A. Our guy, uh, Forrest Whitley, was pitching there. Not for the not for the Twins, obviously. But yes. that's the one of the hardest leagues to get out of. Talk about how hard double A is compared to levels like low A, high A, stuff like that. Double A was where, like, guys started to – have a plan and like i could see that they had a plan um and it took a little while to adjust to that basically 
It's like these guys are looking for their pitch in their spot, and it doesn't matter how good of a pitch you make somewhere else. Like these guys are actually sort of good enough to lay off a bat most of the time. So that okay. was that's like the biggest difference that I noticed. Like I started at a certain point, I started asking guys, um, depending on the situation. Uh, like somebody, I uh, Stuart Fairchild for the uh, Reds. He was way up on the plate. I mixed two fastballs over, and then I try to spin a slider off. It's like outside corner, and he smokes it to center field for an out to end the inning. And as I'm walking off, I like try to walk past him. It's like, hey, are you like, were you up there just waiting for a slider? He's like, yeah. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like that's something that like, like basically, especially for me, for righties, um, what I noticed is guys would either, they would just pick one, they'd pick fastball or slider and they would wait for that. Assuming that I wasn't just going to throw him three of the other one. Uh, and assuming that I wasn't going to throw a change up to a righty, which now is something that I started working on doing. So, uh, that's more of an option for me. So these guys are like stepping up to the plate now in double a and they're they have a they have like a game plan and in high A it's a lot of guys that just have that raw talent right they don't have they don't have that mindset there yet they're not fully I guess you could say groomed yet and then in double yeah, A it's, in double it's, a, like, it's the guys who have the talent and the plan like yeah they're starting to put it all together okay and who was who was like the who was the nastiest hitter you saw in double A like who was the guy that got your ass uh Lane Adams hit a ball a million miles an hour off me. Uh, but he's also a big leaguer, so I don't feel as bad about okay. that. That's respectable. Uh, and God, who was it? He's on the Brewers. The guy, the ball went under his glove in the playoffs. Bill Buckner. No, I, no. I, I have no um, idea. I can't think of his name. He had an absolute tank off me, and I couldn't get him out. So that, um, like, oh, and he, here, here's a better question. Here's a better question. And this is a, this is a hilarious one to ask pitchers. When you give up a nuke. What is your method of bouncing back from it? Do you just ask the catcher for the ball immediately, or do you kind of admire the nuke you just give given up? That's so a great question, I've, by the way. That's a great question. It's a really good question. Thank you. Um, this is going to be a, a little bit of a humble brag, but I've only given up two home runs in my whole career as a pitcher. Pardon? Uh, I've only given up two home runs in my career as a pitcher. <laughs> your whole career? Yeah. One, uh, the year after I got drafted – or the – first season after I got drafted 2016 uh I went up to a guy named Gus Craig who went to Columbia played for the Clinton Lumber Kings uh I just laid an 87 mile an hour fastball over the middle and he smoked it down the line my only thought was please go foul and it didn't so and the other one was to I can't remember his name I can't even but wait a second I can't even believe this I'm looking at your baseball reference right now dude you in your career, let me get let me just read this out. You've pitched 358 innings and you've given up two nukes. Yeah. That is that's bananas. That is the craziest. How is that not talked about more? That's bananas. I mean, that's kind of what you expect out of, you know, sidearm guys like sinker ball type guys. It's oh harder to harder to square it up, harder to get it up in the air. Wow. So wow. Hoping that streak continues. But the other home run I led up to the dude on the uh, Brewers, whose name escapes me. Now he's on the Padres. Um, it was just like middle-middle. It was launched. And I was just like, yeah, it's gone. Okay. It, like, saw, I saw it going up, and I was just like, yeah, all right. 
so give, it, give me the ball. Let's try that. So you're I was, at the point. I was also, I was struggling that day. It was a rough day. So let me get this straight. So you're kind of at the point where it's, you don't know how to act if you give a home run. I mean, you've given up two bombs in like, what did I say? 600 innings, 349 innings. So you're at the point where if you give up a bomb, it's like, damn, dude, what? What just happened? It's, here? The, same, it's the same as any ball that's roped. It's just like, what? What did I do wrong? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, that's I cannot wait to clip that, and put that on Twitter because that's bananas to me. Like that, the fact that that's not talked about is insane to me. And I, I want to talk about your Twitter because, like I mentioned, I mentioned Twitter. You maybe have one of the most electric Twitters in minor league baseball. I, mean, I appreciate that. It's been I, it's been slacking lately. I haven't had a whole lot of uh, inspiration. Well, I mean, if you look at your tweets here, I mean, let me just um, let me look into. It. I mean, twenty seven retweets, five hundred eighty seven favorites. Humble brag, whatever. Is that good? Every it was, it was a little roast to Cano. It was a little roast to Cano. So well, let, let's let's go into this time. I mean, what that was you... the first that one the first time that that happened. The first time he tested positive for something, I was just like sad. So it's like, ah, oh, that sucks. Like, yeah. I, everyone loves Robin Gissing Cano. And the yeah. second time, I was just like, well, okay. Turns out this is just what he does. Yeah, no, but what would you say is your kind of Mona Lisa tweet? Like, the tweet that you would put on your gravestone. Like, the most interactions you got. Um. Oh, well, here's the issue. It's the one that was pretty much the best tweet I ever made. I despise. Um, I hate it with a passion. Uh, it was from a Yankees playoff game a couple years ago. Okay. It's this super Italian looking dude just yelling. Uh, and at the time everyone was uh, tweeting stuff that might be said by a man that looks like this. And mine was, it's pronounced the mozzarella. Okay. okay. Uh, and it was the most popular, okay. the most popular thing I've ever tweeted for a long time. And like how and many, how much interaction? I, we I hated about? it. I hated the fact that that was the funniest thing I've ever done. <laughs> so it was it, like seven, it was like 7,000 likes or something like that. And it'll still shit. like a, a few will still crop up every now and then. That's, um, that's, 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 I mean, honestly, it's a funny tweet, but it's not as funny as some of the shit you have said recently on Twitter. No, exactly. That's uh, my that's, genius goes unappreciated in my time. That's Twitter for you, man. That is Twitter for you. But I uh, and you also were doing vlogs for Momentum, I believe, right? And we're I, yeah, we, still we, doing it. You still actually, doing if it? we're if we're being entirely honest, we're on camera for okay. it right now. What's up, Momentum? Sign <laughs> the official unofficial podcast. Sign the official unofficial podcast. No, but. And we had Hayden Cantrell on, so I'm assuming you know who that is. He's done stuff. I know, I know of him. Yes. Yeah. So, so we're pretty much. I mean, we had him on. I think last week or two weeks ago. So we're pretty much a, a momentum also, podcast. A, a quick pause. I had to look it up. Trent Grisham. Trent Grisham. Trent Grisham hit a ball about 800 feet off me. Okay. So that's a, that's like a humble brag. Also, that's kind of cool. I mean, he's a guy. Was, that was in the, playoffs. the good thing was he had, he yeah he went on to be a, a big leaguer and then was traded for someone uh, to go to the Padres. So it's like all right, at least like he was good. No, he's dude, dude. He's a freak. He's a freak, bro. Are we good now? Oh, there we go. You're I back. can hear you now. Okay. I was going to cut all that. Obviously, I'll do my magic yeah. with that. But no. <laughs> And and we're you said Trent Grisham and what a by the way what a casual name drop that that's one of the two guys that hit a nuke off you I mean I'd love to get his I would love to get his viewpoint and just tell him because he probably didn't know right he didn't know that he has one of the only two nukes off of you right no, that, that's I, also, a, that's I also imagine it 
I imagine it doesn't mean that much to him. Okay. We'll, we'll, <laughs> I imagine, we'll pretend, he, we'll imagine we'll he's got more important stuff going on. We'll pretend it does. We'll pretend it does. I mean, that, I, that's just – that's electric, dude. Trent Grisham in a new coffee. You had to be honored for that. Who's a guy <laughs> – because that major league debut is going to be coming soon if you look at your stats, obviously, and the guy – you're so versatile. You could pitch pretty much in any situation. Um, Who's kind of a guy you're kind of looking forward to facing in the big leagues? Uh, Just about anybody who's right-handed pretty much. Okay. So Mike Trout. Well, can we can we get that name drop? Mike Trout. You're excited to play against? Yeah, I'll face Mike Trout. That's fine. Okay. Will there That's... be a little, will there be a little bit of nerves when Mike Trout steps in that batter's box? He has that aura. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, 100. I'm not gonna act like I wouldn't be frightened to face Mike Trout, <laughs> but I'd be more comfortable facing him than like you know pick any you know big lefty power hitter. Actually, no. You know who I, I would be uncomfortable against? Like. There's a bunch of guys on the Twins who I'd be uncomfortable against because they're like lefty good contact hitters, like yeah. Luis Arias. I don't ever want to face Luis Arias. Yeah, well, if you stay on the Twins, you're, guy, never, you're never going to have ex- to face him. Exactly. Yeah, you're chilling then. You're chilling then, man. I mean, he, the Twins, Jordan, I, I'm excited to see like where Jordan goes, where you go, what Royce Lewis does because there's a lot of dogs in that system, man. I, You got like – Obviously, I'm a Jays guy, but it, it's cool to kind of look at, look at a Canadian kid that I kind of grew up playing against, like Jordan. See where yeah, he ends have, up. We have quite a few Canadians. Who else do you have? Uh, Landon Leach. Oh, Landon Leach. Yes, yeah, he's also a kid. I think I think I got a hit off him. I think I got him once. I think I'm. I think if you combine uh, Team Canada players, I think I'm like one for forty lifetime. So I'm kind of buzzing. I'm that's due. Not too, that's not too bad. Can no, be worse. I'm due. I'm due. But and this week that what kind of came out also is um, that pitchers are hitting in the National League again. Yeah, I'm so glad to hear that. What would you be doing? Like if you there's a little part of you wish you were kind of a part of that National League aura where you get to step into the batter's box because you're a relief uh, pitcher, so obviously you wouldn't pitch. But what would you do? What would your average be if you got let's say a hundred at bats in the show? Probably zero. Are you serious? You, you, you serious? I'm, pro- I'm like unless I <laughs> unless I drop unless I drop a bunt down and beat it out. Like there's no chance. So you you don't think you're getting a hit like at all? Even no, a guy that off, used to hit off of you... off of big league pitchers, there's zero percent chance. I mean, come on. There's bro. like there was so I was reading um on uh the baseball subreddit. Some guy tried to give an accurate representation of calculating his what an estimation of his war would be for a season, how far into the negatives it would be. Um and he gave himself for on-base percentage that maybe he would walk like assuming that he never got a hit which i would say is a very accurate uh, assumption that he might walk three percent of the time which was like a very honest representation and everyone in the comments was like i'll oh, give yourself a little more credit you can get a couple hits like it's not that hard to hit 90 and straight like motherfuckers none of you if you if i pulled a random person off the street and i threw to them with my left arm none of them would get a hit off of me no. Not a single one. No, but okay, but I have an ongoing feud here with guys that played in the 1940s. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> but I think and you can maybe roast me here or back me up on this. If I played in the 1940s, the 1930s, there wouldn't be a Babe Ruth. There'd be a Johnny Junta you guys would be referring to. Yeah, I think fair. I think what these guys were throwing, and these guys are throwing like what, 80? Like they'll throw what D3 at, Juco guys like, throw. At- not at best, but pretty much at best. So yeah. Let, let, yeah. So can you back me up on this? Because I'm trying to. I'm going to pretend that I'm doing some sort of so, research paper that if I played in the 40s or 30s, I would be like a, maybe a Hall of Famer. Here's my yeah, possibly yeah. 
here's my here's my funny story slash humble brag for that one. Okay, because I have one it. for everything. Let's hear so, it. So let's hear it. Uh, a few a few years ago, very famously, uh, before signing with the Yankees, Adam Ottavino said, "If I faced Babe Ruth, I would strike him out every single time." One hundred percent. Which one is definitely true, and two was taken wildly out of context. But uh, at the same time, uh, I over the last. I think it was 17 off season, 18 off season, maybe a little, or 18 and 19. Uh, I threw with Otto a little bit because uh, he had this weird ass, like secret little facility set up in a storefront in upper Manhattan that is currently a Chipotle. Oh, okay. Um, so it was just like vacant at the time. And his father-in-law owned the block that it was on. Yeah. There was like, he was like, Hey, this is open for three months. Like, do you need somewhere to throw? Like you could set it up in here. And so he did that for two straight years where it was conveniently open. Um, and so I asked him about that, like after it happened <laughs> and he was like, yeah, hey, they took that out of context. It was part of something much, a much longer quote. Uh, but also he was like, after that, like people were fucking like sending me death threats on Instagram. So I had to delete the app for a few weeks while that fucking blew over. <laughs> it, dude, why do people like, get, tr- why do people get mad over that? It's true. Like, if you ever watch vi- the few videos that exist of Babe Ruth hitting, he, like, walks into his swing. It's like doing a fucking happy Gilmore. And I – and how about this? I, we need – and we have a lot of smart people in the, in this in North America and the world. We need someone to create a robot Babe Ruth. Like, every characteristic he had, the hand-eye he had, all of that shit. We need someone to create a Babe Ruth. And, I, and we need to let Major League pitchers face this clown – and see what they'll be doing, right? I, do you think that would that be hysterical? Sense? Yeah, that'd be hilarious. And you, and why do people get shook from that though? Why would people get mad? I don't know. Like they, I'm pretty com- if you if you time traveled Adam Ottavino to the 1930s and put him on the New York Yankees, then he would have been burned as a witch for his slider. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Would, and think about this. Think would have been the greatest Would have been the greatest pitcher of all time. Think about if Veraldis Chapman got sent to the 30s, bro. Pick like pick any average like MLB average replacement reliever and put him in the 1940s, and he's the best pitcher of all time with a dominant 25 year career. And people are talking about him like if he pitched in any era, he'd be nasty. And I hate that. Like no, obviously Beirut. Like some guys, without a doubt. Like could Nolan Ryan pitch today? Sure. Yes. I don't oh, doubt yeah. that. Yeah, dude, Nolan Ryan would beat the shit out of people, and that's what I miss. And I tweeted about this the other day. I tweeted, I said, bring back SIGs in baseball. And I don't know if you saw these. I don't know if you saw this picture, but there's pictures of like Jim Leland of these old major league guys just hacking darts in the bowl, in the dugout. <laughs> it looks, it, it looks cool as shit. There's, one of the coolest pictures ever is uh, twins biased, I guess, but uh, Tom Kelly feeding a pitching machine in the Metrodome while ripping a heater. It's awesome. It's, it, dude, it's one of the, and obviously I'm not promoting smoking. I just think it looks unbelievable. If you have a guy ripping a dart in the dugout in like 2020, how funny would that be, man? It'd be I, think electric. He, I think you just got to go play in Japan or Korea. Yeah. No, they sure might it's, have pretty, it there. it's pretty common over there from yeah, what I've heard. They have to have it there. They, I mean, I, my first year of Pro Bowl, I played with uh, a guy from Taiwan. Okay. Um, Kuoha Lo. And what a name. Kuoha, what a name. He loved ripping heaters. He loved he loved drinking Budweiser's, which he called Angry Daddies. And I'm okay. not sure. I think one of my teammates might have uh, coerced him into calling it that. Uh, and ripping heaters. 
Dots. See, those are the guys we need in the game of baseball to market it. <laughs> when we have that guy and and ESPN is doing this, there our sports centers doing those uh those insanely dumb tweets where they're just like they just do a shit ton of emojis. That is gonna grow the game of baseball. You have a guy that plays for the twins, he's just ripping heaters and having <laughs> Bud Budweiser's post game. I feel like that'd be electric. That's yeah. I wish there was uh and this is sort of why I like uh, all the momentum stuff and why I was glad to be able to get involved with it is like showing players for being just like regular dudes. It's like, these are also people who do normal stuff. Yeah. And that's what, like, that's obviously humble brag for me. That's what we're kind of doing with this podcast. Like I, I'm not yeah. asking you analytic shit. I want to hear, right. I want to hear about if there was guys in their team ripping heaters. Like that's the shit that exactly. I want to hear. It's- and and you can you can only get that at the officially unofficial podcast hashtag sign Johnny June to momentum like let's get it popping momentum but and when you work with momentum like how did that kind of start did they just reach out to you over DM so I uh, the co-founders of momentum are Bauer and uh, Trevor Bauer and Tyke Green uh, yeah. who I met at Driveline when I went out there to train yeah uh, so I know both of them pretty well um, humble brag so, humble yeah brag. it's like people, uh, I get asked. Like I appear to be friends with Trevor Bauer sometimes, but I am actually friends with Trevor Bauer. Uh, the last time I went out to driveline, I stayed on his couch for several days. Okay. Uh, two, like a couple of which he wasn't even there. He was just like, "Yeah, here's the code to get in. Like, go, you're fine." Um, like legitimately is at very least a good acquaintance. But um, I was talking to Taiki about um. Cause he used to make like, if you ever watch the old live at bats videos, like the original ones from yeah. driveline that we did that were just full of stupid ass memes. Those were, that was, those were all Tykes doing. And a lot of them, I was up there like watching over his shoulder thinking it was hysterical while he was making them. Uh, so we were talking, I was talking to him about uh, one of Trevor's vlogs or something. Um, and he was like, is that something you'd ever be interested in doing? I was like, yeah, well, I, I can give it a shot. Like, I'm going down to Instructs, and I'm sure that it's going to be a shit show um, because of all the COVID restrictions. So, like, I could give it a shot if you guys uh, would be interested. And they're like, he was like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that's how that all got started. Okay. So that's the guy's name that I should remember is Tyke. Realistic. Tyke that's Green. The, that's my future boss. Like, that's the guy that's going to make me fle- leave Canada and work in the USA for him. That's, exactly. That's or, what we're going to be doing. Or they'll, or they'll need someone stationed in Canada since okay. travel in between the so, two countries I, so is I almost impossible. The, yeah. I want to be the first guy to claim that. Like, if if they're, if they start looking for guys in Canada, I, I, I feel like I'm <laughs> obligated to be the first in line. I feel like that's I, – I feel like I called dibs. So we're just going to put that on the record here. But and, and your vlog is hilarious too because I believe at the start of it you you're obviously kind of you have to just sit in a hotel room so you're like I, I guess this I guess legitimately did be. not leave that room for like seventy two hours yeah and you're like really. I guess this is where I'm going to be for seventy two hours so I, let's yeah. go into that instructs man I mean how weird was that shit you're pretty much serving like a max sentence you were so allowed the, to leave so the nice the nice thing sort of is that the twins have a it's like a dorm on campus basically. Uh, to house players in, which is super convenient, I will admit. However, it is also feels sort of like jail, especially when you're not allowed to leave the site at all uh, for six days out of the week. On Sundays, we were allowed to like go out for a list of approved activities that we had to ask permission for. Like and golf, stuff like, like were that. you guys golfing at least? I played a ton of golf. Yeah. Okay, I'm a big that golf guy every too. Sun- every Sunday, I was out there playing golf. I'm a big golf guy too, but you and I, from I guess this part of the world. We're- 
golf is golf's been gone for a couple months for us, man. I mean, I haven't golfed since I don't think October. So what made you want to go back to New York, dude? What are you doing? There's golf in Florida and shit, man. I won. I just wanted to. So I had been in Florida from January 14th to August 31st. Okay. I stayed down there the whole year. Um, and then August 31st, I was finally like, all right, this is it. I might as well go home. Uh, so took a little bit of a road trip, uh, visited a few places on my way, uh, saw some friends and such, went up to Pensacola, saw my host family from the previous season for a few days because they're great people and I uh, love seeing them. Very yeah. sad that our team is no longer there. So oh, yeah, they, they cut them, right? They're the Marlins now, yeah. and we okay. are the Wichita Wind Surge. Hoping that I don't get to find out what Kansas looks like this, oh, yeah. you know, April. That doesn't sound like fun. Yeah, not great. Not, not great, bro. I've, I've been there. Not great. That's not not something I ever wanted to know. Yeah. Um, so I went to see them, stayed there for a few days, went up to see a friend of mine who lives outside of Nashville, uh, and then cut back over. So it took me about 10 days or so to get home. Um, and then I get home on a Wednesday night. Thursday night, I get a call from our farm director saying, hey, Hack, how you doing, man? Doing good, Alex. I, uh, I got home, you know, about this time last night, actually. He's like, well, you're not going to like what I have to tell you then. <laughs> what? We're doing instructs and, uh, you know, we would like you to be a part of it. You have to be back down here a week from Monday. Yep, I'll oh, be great. there. Thanks for letting me know. And so to avoid uh, having, basically to avoid having to quarantine when I got back, um, I drove down again. This time I did it in as straight a shot as I could handle, which was going New York to Charlotte, Charlotte to Fort Myers. Um, and then same thing back uh, to, <laughs> so I drove back down for instructs and I was down there for another like five weeks or so. And I was finally just so done with Florida. So I finally went home and I've actually on the topic of golf, I was able to play my dad and I played uh, nine holes last Wednesday morning. Yeah, I mean, the weather hasn't been that bad. It hasn't been snowing that much. I mean, you can kind of – I think you can get out right now if you kind of wanted to. We yeah. haven't had it. We haven't had any snow yet. And okay, it's looking like the – uh, it's looking like Thursday might be like a warmer day. So, might have so what's more. the golf game talking about? I mean, what's the handicap here? Uh, I'm like a 12, I think. Okay, I'm a 4 I'm 12. like a 17. So, I mean, we're not we're not far – I mean, you, you'll give me five strokes when we play. But, <laughs> we have, like, there's a guy on – my boy, I mean, he is I mean, Taylor Guerrero. He's a two point three handicap. Humble brag for really? that guy. I mean, he's there's a. Big, like, I feel like there's one guy in every organization because we have we have a dude from uh like way up in the northern like woods of California, like Southern Oregon almost. Yeah. Uh, who's like a like just a straight up scratch golfer? Like he went out and shot a sixty six one day, and according to the people nice. he played with, it was it just like nice. the most impressive thing they'd ever seen. Must be nice, man. I mean, and I, I think, I think, and I, I, I might have said this before. I would rather be a pro golfer than a pro baseball player. Is that a hot take? I don't think so. I, I would fully agree with that. My, uh, my old hitting coach, um, who, you know, based on how I was as a hitter, might not have been that great, but um, his son played. Uh, he was going to a local community college, and he was playing baseball and golf and he was trying to decide which one he wanted to continue with and i was just like this is an easy choice like pick <laughs> golf like 
You're, I mean, you're not wrong. Dude, you're you really never, not wrong. You never see golfers out there like bundled up freezing. Baseball players, you do see that. Golf, never. Yeah. And you're like, re- you are very rarely playing golf in like really terrible conditions. And there's not any baseball players that if I watch like a YouTube hype video, that it would make me want to be a pro baseball player. Maybe like Mike Trout, but if you watch a Tiger Woods hype video on YouTube, oh, yeah. If yeah. You want to be, and obviously there's a Tiger poster right here beside me. You <laughs> want to be the greatest golfer in the world. You watch this guy play golf. There's no other sport that matters. This guy, when, yeah. he, when you watch unbelievable, YouTube, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, is there guys like that in baseball? I, I honestly don't think there is. That if you watched maybe Acuna, maybe, Soto, I guess, but there's no guys as a, as a pitcher. There's like like watching like a, a Walker Bueller like highlight reel yeah. of just like throwing gas and just throwing disgusting pitches. It's just like, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. No, but it's Walk, not on the Walker same, Bueller. it's not on the same level. Yeah. Because tiger, it's like, he sinks a putt. He hits a nice shot. There is just like a storm of like, you saw it last year, two years ago when he won the Zozo, right? There's yeah. like a 40,000 people behind this guy. I guess there might be an over-exaggeration. You, it's like a sea of human beings just following one dude. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, that's what makes, in my opinion, obviously it's a baseball podcast, but that's what makes golf so sick. It's just like, if you're good at golf, like Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kapka, Tiger, you are the dude. Like, people come in, like, waves to watch you golf. And that's what makes, I think, golf a sexier sport to kind of be nasty at compared to baseball. Yeah, and that, and it's just like, well, I mean, this is the case with all, like, elite-level athletes, but, like, golf is like a recreational game that like, you know, anyone can really play. You can't like, you can get recreational baseball going, but it's like, it, you know, takes some organization and some effort. Like you can run out to a golf course whenever. True. Uh, but it's like I, this, and I think this is the case for all professional sports. Like the amount better than you, any <laughs> professional golfer is, yeah. is so Dude, absurd. It is like right. incomprehensible. It- and it's so cool to watch. You are and right. like, especially like, like the days that like these dudes are going out. Like, uh, was it Dustin Johnson who shot like a fifty nine or no, like that's a Scotty Shuffler? Scotty Shuffler shot a fifty nine. Someone, Dustin someone, Johnson went, shot a someone went out this year and shot like a sixty one. Yeah, Dustin, Dustin DJ went out and shot a sixty one. Yeah, sixty one. It's like it's like so absurd how good that is and how like on the on courses that are made to be difficult for professionals. He went Insane. out and did that insane like, your insane. average scratch golfer would go out and shoot like a 79 80 on that yeah on that course without a doubt dude yeah yeah and golf and talking about the off-field antics golf you could just get fucked up and you could just have a dip you could just crank beers with the boys you could treat yeah. it and the, there's no other sport where you could do that like the, there's no the, other sport the brooks kepka yeah like as they say and in golf you can obviously just a baseball you could pack hammers you could see Golf is in the in, the thing that I like about golf is is you could you could do it with the boys and it's like a bonding activity with you and your buddies like that's where a yeah. lot of my memories from this summer specifically is on the golf course with my buddies where it's just like we're getting mangled we're just doing like sometimes stupid shit in the golf cart like that's the that's the best memories you kind of have and yeah and 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 baseball you need so many people to do it golf you need four right yeah that's if that yeah if that you need two four right. That that that's the difference. But let's go back to baseball here. And you mentioned Trevor Bauer. I mean, I think what you guys are doing for the game of baseball is great, man. Because you guys are doing these vlogs, going behind the scenes, and you have Hayden Cantrell, who has just electric hair, like I said. <laughs> Do you think that 
there's kind of pushback from for guys like Trevor Bauer from maybe his teammates or maybe maybe guys like across the dugout that they're seeing Trevor Bauer like be so open about the game of baseball, roast Rob Manford, which I do also. Do you yes. think there's guys that are looking at him like, man, fuck this guy. Like, this guy's annoying. Do you oh, see, yeah. You think that I mean, happens? I'm pretty sure people have always said that about Trevor. Yeah. Uh, whether he was, you know, carrying a camera around or not. But he, uh, I think it's good for the game. I think it's good for, uh, like, fandom, especially, like, getting, you know, like, getting younger fans involved, like, giving them like a little more access to what's going on, like a little more behind the scenes stuff is really interesting. And I think it's a really good thing. Uh, but I am a hundred percent sure that he's definitely getting some pushback from all sorts of different places about yeah. that. But yeah, it just, I don't know, man. I like, I talked about this couple episodes ago and if you look at the game of baseball, you have Bryce Harper, who's arguably maybe the biggest, the biggest guy in the game of baseball, social media wise he has 1.7 million followers. That's it. Like, obviously, that's a lot. I mean, 1.7 million followers is a lot. But you look at a guy like LeBron, who's that guy in the game of basketball. Like, he has, like, 30 million. Pretty big difference, right? Yeah. Uh, he's, like, the – I don't know if you could pick a face of baseball, except for that one time they tried in a competition, and Eric Sogard almost won, and I was hoping he would. Electric. Beauty. But, um, yeah, I don't know if there's – because of the nature of baseball, it's hard to have one player who defines it as much like LeBron does for basketball. True. Um, but yeah, it's a very clear difference. Uh, that's like, you know, Mike Trout, who is now a household name, is just like not like nearly as. Like, he's the good. More people. Yeah. He's the, he's the best baseball player of the generation, if not, you know, one of, he's one of the best of all time, without a doubt. For sure. And he, like, and he, he obviously doesn't like to be on social media, which is fine. Some guys don't. Some it's not for some guys. Yeah. But and this and let's go into let's go on to the on field stuff. Have you had a hitter like let's say you you're throwing sidearm and a guy has no idea to hit sidearm. It looks like the ball's about to hit him. It breaks into the zone, which happens. Have you had a hitter just kind of step out of the box and be like, "Man, fuck you, dude." <laughs> like, have you had guys that would be like, "I can't hit this guy." Like, just I can't. So in in instructs one of my friends. Uh, we played only inner squads, so I just faced yeah. all of our hitters over and over. Uh, one of my friends, Andrew Bechtold, was that guy. He's a right-handed hitter, and I faced him, I couldn't tell you how many times. He's never swung the bat. He's just like, I don't know when I would swing. It all looks like it's coming straight at me, and then it goes over the plate, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's it's cool, dude. I'm so fascinated with it, and I love the sports science videos you kind of have. You see on Twitter – you actually, I think it's your pinned tweet. It shows like what your oh yeah is. yeah that was yeah that was me in the uh, driveline biomechanics lab from a, a couple years ago. Right, it shows what your body's doing, and it's like the human body's not supposed to do this shit. And to top it off, you're throwing ninety that way. It's insane. Yeah, so that's I have uh, a little bit of an advantage in the form of a uh, unconfirmed but probable genetic condition that uh, f towards for hypermobility. Okay. Uh, so basically my static connective tissues, uh, like my ligaments uh, and my tendons are not really doing a whole ton to okay. stabilize my joints, which makes me super, super mobile, which is what, yes. which is what makes it possible for me to throw as hard as I do from the slot that I throw from. You love to see it. You love to it's see it. It's super convenient. And the, 
great like the downside is that i have no stability in those joints but the bright side is i can just work out and be stronger and i can kind of just outwork that issue i can't so wait for super... joe buck i can't wait for you to be pitching in like let's say an alcs <laughs> like an alds and joe buck just does this whole scientific spiel about uh, why you can throw that way i can't get wait. away with it <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. It's It'll be like a much grander version of every single time there's a video of me throwing on the internet and someone's just like, oh, that's great. He's going to need Tommy John in two years. I can't, and, and you buddy, know what? I've been, buddy, I've been doing this for nine years. Yeah. And you know what? You know what you should do for me is, like I, I say this every guest, obviously, and this is repetitive, but <laughs> I'm your burner account on Twitter too. So if you need me to come <laughs> out a guy, if, you, if someone's going to say Tommy John in two years, you give me like, you just give me the bat signal. And I'll just fucking roast this guy on Twitter. All right. That's what we'll Love do. It. Love it. That's what we'll do. But let's end it off right here with a funny story, man, because we've had some funny minor league stories. Most of them have actually happened in Beloit. What is your <laughs> funniest minor league story you have that is like the, like we say this, the Mona Lisa, the funniest story that you have during your whole career so far in the minor leagues? Ooh. All right. That is. That is a tough one. It is a tough question. We've had, I mean, we've had fans climbing foul poles in Beloit, drunk, blackout drunk at their bachelor party. We've yeah, had that sounds about right. We've had police encounters. That's, we've had fans uh, take that's shits. Kinda, that's a little bit depressing if you're having your bachelor party in Beloit. Very depressing. We've had fans uh, take shits in locker rooms. Like we've had some serious funny stories. Here. Fans taking shits in locker. Yeah, rooms. we've had a fan that's take a, a shit one. in the locker room. Like it's, it, I, I don't know where it was, but it was. I think Nick Ramirez <laughs> told us that. It could also be Beloit for all we know. Yep, might be. Uh, I don't know. I've got some fucking terrible ones. We had we had our AC go out on a 12-hour bus ride. That was a tough one. So what, were the boys tarps off there? Were you guys getting out? Like, what was going on? Oh, yeah. Yeah, everyone was <laughs> everyone was shirtless, just, like, trying to not die. We had, a, we had dudes in the back, like, punching the ceiling, trying to open, like, the vents in the ceiling. <laughs> it was terrible. So so we we'll, so we should so are we gonna we're gonna leave the minor league story of the week to be determined? We'll figure this out. We'll figure this um, out. Um I'm trying to think if I have anything like any fan interactions, like anything. Any any fan any, interactions. Oh, here's here's a fun here's like a fun one, I guess. because uh, this is one of the best uh this is probably the one of the best insults I've ever heard because it is so very PG. Um we're playing in Port St. Lucie. And okay. when I was in high A in 2018, I think, because I was, uh, I remember the story happening and being told to me, but I remember not caring because I was miserable because my arm hurt a lot and I sucked. Um, so Ben Rortvet, one of our catching prospects, was just added to the 40 man actually. So soon to be big leaguer, probably. He is down in the dugout. I think there was a, like a pop up or something that was fouled by the dugout. Something happened. Uh, oh, he went to toss a foul ball to somebody. Or he was, like, faking it, and he threw it off the net. Uh, and then as it came back to him, he, like, missed it. And this guy in the stands, like, stares straight at him and goes, Nice catch, you dork! And he was just, like, in such shock because it was such an aggressively not, like... Uh, yeah, it wasn't a nice one. Yeah, it was, like, a very PG but very aggressive statement. And he's, like, looking at him. He doesn't say anything. And the guy goes, yeah, you, dork. So he's <laughs> roasting him. 
Yeah, just like in the <laughs> in the most family friendly way possible. So just being a P, a PG roast. I, I yeah, just, exactly. I, I, Those I, were always I, good. I, just a PG roast, but yeah, yeah. man. I mean that and, that and we always had, especially the last season I played uh, in Pensacola, we would have a lot of especially in the southern league there were a lot of like drunk fans around the bullpen which i'm a huge fan of yeah um because they're a good time uh and while i was warming up very frequently i get told to throw it right or you know something like that or people are like ah you know or you know you throw a shit pitch they're like ah you're gonna have to throw strikes when you go out there or something like that it's like you're gonna do something better than that as you know I, my plan is always to feed into it like go along with whatever they're saying. Yeah, you, you're not going to get anything out of like yell, you know, arguing with a drunk fan. Just like, hey, hey, you suck. You have to go out there and do well. You suck. Like, I know. <laughs> I'm trying. Thanks, bro. <laughs> you're yeah. terrible. You're fans right. I know. Fans <laughs> are the best. Fans are the best, man. You, you, I mean, you'd be nothing without them. At the end we of the played, day, we played a game in. Uh, we played a game in Jacksonville. Where there were two fans in the stands. Two. It was they were doing a thing. It was uh, a Make a Wish kid. They wanted he wanted to set the record for the lowest attendance at a game, and so it was just him and his like dad. Hell for, yeah! For almost the entire game, I was like, "This is the best game I've ever played. This is awesome." Yeah. So so he, did he set the record? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah! They had, uh, they had all the fans like out in the parking lot, uh, like with a DJ or something. Hell yeah! I guarantee you. Right. You know what? This is what the, I guarantee you. There were some people that were pissed about that. Just, just the there. I guarantee you, there yeah. were some Karens out there that were pissed. I guarantee yeah. it. They were just. There's always somebody. It. There was. There was, man. I mean, but anyways, though, man. I mean, it was a pleasure to have you on. There you have it, folks. On a, yeah. an electric episode, we legitimately talked about every single thing. And and I'll say this: 1940s hitters. If I could go back into time, I'm coming for that ass. It was a pleasure to have you on. It's future Minnesota Twins relief pitcher, my guy now, hopefully a future co-worker of mine, Thomas Hackner. <laughs> Thank you for hopping on this, brother. Yeah, I appreciate it. This is a great time. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you.